Good morning or afternoon. This is Todd Brinker, and we are um, back from... No, this is not back from the brink. This is Generation Tech. That's right. We get to talk tech. Uh, how you doing today, Dad? Doing good, Todd. You got cool. radio stuff going. You're getting confused. Yeah, I don't know where I am or what I'm doing. I just, you know, sit down and start talking. So, um, That's... yeah. So in the tech world, I mean, it's funny because when we, when we first started talking about the show this week... Um, we were like, well, there's not a whole lot to talk about, but actually there turned out to be quite a bit of, of different things going on, not the least of which is Apple finally announced their uh, high-quality uh, music streaming for those who really, really want the – or mu- music downloads. For those who really want better quality sound, that they're not happy with just the standard streaming stuff. Um, and they've got some cool um, – uh, ways to do that and also some caveats as to what will and won't work um interestingly enough well go ahead interesting is is you have had to be aware to begin with that amazon was doing some things that got you know uh, apple's attention so uh Mm. it's it's the competition that really is what this is all about spotify spotify more than amazon well Okay, the article I read was that Amazon was dropping their price on their high, hi-fi audio, uh, which oh. had been more expensive. And uh, anyway, that uh, Apple, you know, came out and said, "Well, you know, we've got this stuff. We'll just make that mm-hmm. a, a, a standard offer." And, right. Uh, not well, the number that, one had a feature, you know. Yeah, well, Spotify is the number one streaming streaming platform worldwide, and they've added what they call the Spotify Hi-Fi tier. And uh, depending on which subscription you have, it's either a five or a ten dollar add-on to get that. And Apple's saying, "Yeah, we'll just throw it in," <laughs> which yeah. is, um, you know, sounds sounds like uh, Microsoft with their operating system. It's like, oh, you guys are uh, giving away, or, or you're charging for for a web browser, Netscape. Right. We'll just throw one in. Yeah, yeah. Put the squeeze on, right? Yeah. So we'll see how that flies. Competition's and... wonderful, you know. It's that's mm-hmm. well, that's what keeps the world turning in the yeah capitalist world, you know. So anyway, uh, uh, there's a price to pay though with uh, with improved quality, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody needs to be aware of the fact that uh, that you don't. Get something for nothing. Yeah. Now these, yeah, the files are bigger, and we're not talking a smidge bigger. Well, there's a couple different tiers, actually, isn't there? I mean, that's the thing is, it's not just right. the better quality. It's which better quality are you talking about? You know, because right. they've got a what they're calling a lossless, meaning um, the the compression and decompression that they're using for most of their stuff is what they call a lossy decompression, which you lose some data when you decompress it and recompress it. Uh, they have a lossless compression algorithm, and it, it'll take up about uh, uh, um, three times as much space if you want to go with just yeah. the lossless. But that means that you're basically still getting the same um, uh, uh, recording frequency and, 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 uh, and bandwidth. You're just getting it in lossless, right. so you get all the data. The They have beyond the lossless a high-res lossless, meaning that they will record it in a wider frequency and wider bandwidth, so it'll be more like uh, listening on a CD. Now, I remember when CDs came out, and there were a lot of audio files when CDs came out that said, this is 
excuse me, this stuff is terrible. It sounds sharp and tinny. It doesn't sound right. And they, they're the ones yeah. who stuck with vinyl because that's an analog process, so there's no digitizing of anything. Um, but that said, the high-res lossless will be more than 10 times larger in terms of files. In fact, it's about 15 times larger. So, um, and so, you know, if, for example, if you have 10 gigabytes of space, right now you can get about 3,000 songs in 10 gigabytes of space. If you make lossless yeah. songs, you can only get about 1,000. But if you want the high-res lossless, you will only be able to store about 200 songs, well, which is such they, a heartbreak, 200 getting... songs. <laughs> now you're getting to the implementation issues, and 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 furthermore, uh, how many people will really uh, come pick up on this? Because I think there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, good enough is good enough. Right. Uh, first of all, yeah. especially if they learn that there's a penalty, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, secondly, it it will deter people from storing it. It's not something you want to download and fill your discs with this stuff, uh, right? Because of the size, so it's a streaming kind of a thing it doesn't really make much difference you just grab it from a high speed uh what's what's the, what's the uh, phones now g5 or yeah five 5g connection but well, even an lte G. connection is plenty to download a song even at 10 times the size the songs will download and then be queued up and it'll take you less time to download a song than to listen to one so while you're listening to one it will right. download the next two or three um, but so anyway, the, po the point is, is that some hardware is now getting some advanced capabilities that allow mm -hmm. this to, to happen. Right. But we're still not there. We're still not there. Right. Well, and what people don't realize, too, is that a lot of the headphones that you listen to, especially um, the wireless ones, are attached via Bluetooth. Well, Bluetooth has limitations in the uh, in the files that it can support, the bandwidth and the amount. Of, in fact, there's a lot of people who have complained as we've gone to Bluetooth, and that's why they've had updated versions of Bluetooth over time to increase the right. the, the the sound quality there, because um, you know Bluetooth, while it's as most people say good enough, it is not high fidelity when dealing with large files like this. You're not even going to be able to listen to some of these files in the higher format if you're using a Bluetooth headset, regardless of which headset it is. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. now this was recently announced, like yesterday, uh, but it won't actually start until June anyway right. because some of the things aren't in place. Right. Uh, so uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's another point to be made right up front here is that mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's coming. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then the other thing is too that the um, the you know in addition to the lossless and high res lossless, there's talk of using uh, Dolby Atmos encoding on the sound in order to you know again increase the fidelity of it, but that is not supported in the current hardware, which probably indicates to me that some of the rumors we've heard about you know an AirPods version three coming out are probably. Yeah designed to support this new feature if you want it right yep that I'm would be sure that's the case to get everybody to buy a new one right be my guess yeah <laughs> well and with the um with the airpods and airpods pro uh there has been um you know i mean it, it's it's fairly clear that their life their lifetime because of their size the battery is pretty small they're good for about two years two maybe three yeah. And so it's probably about time for a lot of people to start upgrading. So now you, they want to give them 
you know, a reason to upgrade, right? So of course, uh, yeah, all this plays together. All of it. So plays yeah, together. so let's let's put the service out there and say, but to take advantage of it, you need the new AirPods, and, and which it, are back ordered because they're made in and, China. And, <laughs> and, and and it was especially timely for me since that uh, we made the deal to get uh, an upgrade uh, AirPod. You know. Oh, uh, HomePod, not AirPod, HomePod. That's right. HomePod. Yeah, for those who don't know, I have um, a a an original HomePod. And it is in the dark gray color. And um, I did a little experiment and testing, and they sound much better when you put them in a stereo pair. But uh, I only had one. And Apple announced that they were going to discontinue them, but there was plenty in stock, except that they sold out of the dark gray ones almost immediately, which means that I would have one gray one and one white one, which did not appeal to me. I wanted them to, if they're sitting in the room, I would like them to both look the same instead of having one light one and one dark one. However, you, like I, had one single AirPod in a dark gray. And uh, yeah. and so um, you basically said you would uh, sell the dark gray one to me for the price of two uh, of the AirPod minis in a matching color as well, so that you too can have the right. stereo experience. Right. Have you have, uh, uh, tried that yet, or have you had time? I actually did that when I unpacked, because I had it packed in my suitcase. So the night I came home, I went and plugged it in. I took it out of my suitcase, and it's like, well, where am I going to put it? I go put it right where I wanted it to be. So I've got one sitting to the right of my television and one sitting to the left. And then I sat there and bounced through a bunch of different music. I made a playlist a few years ago when I was testing Bluetooth headsets called my headset list. And I picked it. All the songs in it were picked very specifically because they have a very prominent uh, baseline. They have a large dynamic range. They have, you know, multiple instruments. They use there's um, there's some Mozart. There's some synthesizer music. There's uh, you know just a, a wide range of different kinds of music. So I could kind of get a sense of how good a um, a headset is. Well, I use that same list then to uh, listen on the air uh, the HomePods. And yeah, putting them in a pair is great. Now I have yeah. two of the uh, the minis. And I, when I first got the second one, I put them in a pair in my office. And the difference between a single HomePod and two HomePods, whether they're the original HomePod or the Minis, is just night and day. So having them in a pair, will you're going to appreciate that uh, because the the sound quality suddenly just, it's it's like, you know, one and one isn't just two. One and one become three because it really adds to the dynamic range and the, the, the sense of sound that you can get from them. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, yeah, thanks for making that trade with me so that I could get a pair of the older ones. And, uh, I will, um, uh, as now the question, now the, now the question is, is do you have the, uh, uh, W one or I forgot the na names of the two little processors that need yeah. to be there for the Atmos. Uh, right. Yeah. And to be honest, um, I'm not sure what's in the, uh, um, uh, in the speakers i know that the right. the w1 and h1 are the two chips those are in the airpods and the beats in order for them to do that hold it next to the phone and it automatically pairs thing but yeah. i don't know about i just don't know about the uh uh well here i, I went to my favorite hey does it do this uh web uh app for max uh, apple stuff um, I love uh -huh. the app Mac Trapper, Mac Tracker, because and it's available on your Mac or on your uh, iOS devices, 
and it tells you basically every device that Apple has ever released, when it was released, what parts and pieces it had, and basically gives you all the rundown on everything we know about it, right? Yeah. So, uh, um, are, yes. are they tracking these uh, H1 and uh, uh, whatever, M1? H1 and M1. I'm component. I'm looking to see they they usually tell you what chips are in it. So like in the HomePod Mini, the chip is the Apple S5. In the original HomePod, the chip is the Apple A8. Let me go to the AirPods Pro and see what they say. The processor is the Apple H1. Okay, so AirPods okay. Pro have an H1. The AirPod original AirPods second generation has an H1. The AirPods first generation has a W1. And the AirPods okay, Max, w- which over the over-the-ear ones have an H1 as well. So the H1 appears to be the the newer the new hotness. The okay. W1 is the first pass at it. But yeah, neither I you do a little sleuthing. <laughs> yeah. Neither the HomePod mini nor the HomePod original I don't know. You, I have a you, you. You essentially want to call it the HomePod Maxi, but whatever it is, the neither of those two speakers right. has a uh, the M1 or the H1, but ostensibly they both have a more powerful processor in them because they also do, you know, they don't have to be attached. They don't just attach to something. They do their own streaming and processing. Right. And so, like, I mean, the yeah. Apple A8, which is in the original HomePod, is what is in. Um, uh, I want to say the iPhone 7, something like that. Yeah, sure something which, like that. I'm anyway, sure anyway you know, there's getting to be so many subcomponents with just component names, and nobody has really broken out what is in those devices, you know? Uh, you get stuff specced at a device level, but we're, we really don't have the breakouts of the, you know, the smaller, yeah, iPhone six. The iPhone six had an A eight, so the original uh, HomePod has the same processor as an iPhone six. The HomePod Mini has an S five, which is the same processor that is in the Apple Watch five. Mm-hmm. So it has a watch uh, processor in it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, as I told you, at this point, if you're going to go out and buy something, uh, caution is the is the key word until you get somebody rips these all apart and figures out exactly what's yeah. needed yeah. to make so them work right. That H1 or W1 is required for Dolby Atmos to work through the headphones. But that's separate. Right. Atmos is separate from the, the different... Uh, lossless and hi-fi lossless streaming versions. Well, those, those may is, require a new it, chip. It, that, that, the actual uh, implementing software is uh, going to be the upgraded iTunes or whatever we're calling uh, music, I guess. Right. The new music that's coming out on June mm-hmm. that that's contains, contains this feature. And so uh, un- until that's out, nothing happens. Right. But uh, the hardware's got that to meet it, it's got to be uh, well-defined as to what that software will run on and right. give you 
Uh, well, and the will there be new? Will there be new versions of hardware in order to support that, or will older versions support it? And and it's probably not a yes or a no, but which pieces and parts of it are supported with which versions, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the so, announcement, uh, like I said, it was two different high or um, uh, lossless uh, compression algorithms, and then there's the whole thing about Dolby Atmos and spatial audio and how that then plays into it. So. You know, yeah. whether that now, means now, there's new headphones they, and speakers or whatever, we just don't know yet. Yeah, now now the final piece is each individual song or music of, that's available, going to be available through this new music uh, uh, program app uh, uh, has got to be reprocessed so that uh, uh, they've got to start with some top-notch source material you know you can't go back to the 1950s and find anything that's ever going to be in this uh high-res capacity it's right just, you know i don't you're just not going to find mm -hmm. that unless they've gone to right. some music company and said i want your original tapes on this or right something. And, well and, and realize that there was a fire at universal studios in a warehouse a few years ago and the original master tapes for literally thousands of recordings right. have been totally destroyed and lost forever. That's correct. Yep. So they cannot so go no back to back the original. There. Yeah. 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 That In fact, you, was, Universal Music actually period, had right? a website where you could go and and share with them that you had, you know, uh, uh, really high quality copies of stuff, so that they were going to start archiving that because they, you know, because the master tapes are gone. But that still yeah. means you're you're missing and lacking a lot of capability when the master tapes are gone. That's right. So uh, it, it's all going to be really important. Now, the sourcing of, uh, of a lot of this stuff has been really good for quite some time now. It's not just like recent uh, stuff. They've, they've, they've been, you know, recording studios knew that at some point the technology would catch up to be able to use uh, their stuff at some mm -hmm. point. So uh, that's, that's the treasure they're mining at this point. Right. Yeah. You know, something that I, I wish, and this is, I, I, I don't know, a lot of people would care less, but um, the file format, instead of it just being, you know, this is how we've mastered it, and so you will get a, a right and a left channel, or we're going to master it now so it is in, you know, Dolby Atmos, so you'll have spatial audio, and it'll sound like more, you know, in the space or whatever. I wish that they would have a file format that we could listen to on our devices that essentially had all the tracks in it. So I could then adjust the music the way I wanted. I can take the drums and move them around spatially. I can raise the volume of the bass or drop it um, or the vocal or drop it, or I can just listen to the bass line if I want to, you know, and you know, if you have a professional recording or like GarageBand does that kind of thing, right. And the professional app that Apple right. sells logic pro does that logic pro comes yeah. with a couple sample files and so, like, I have some professionally recorded top 40 songs, a couple of them, where I have the exact, I have that. I have the digital information and the tracks, and I can see how many different uh, takes and layers they have of the vocals. And, uh, and, and you know, I can go in and, and do a remix of it, make my own mix of those songs. It would be nice I if they just, that's how they sold music, was just give me the all of that, and then I can mix and match it. You know, click a button and it goes right back to the original, so you can do it the way that they wanted it, the way the professionals did well, it. Well, but that'd be fun to play but, with. But the, 
Well, yeah, just for some people that would like that, but that the majority of buyers uh, never really mm-hmm. going to care about that. And uh, I agree, but I think that of, if it was available, of, more people would play with it than you think. Well, but there's a lot of artists who don't want that to happen because there'll be crap that's put out with their, you know, name. Yeah, on their it name and their vocal it's on it. Not not what they approved of, you know. Right. But so the they, thing is, that's already happening, and there's already fan videos, and fans do remixes of their of it. You know, it just, just gives them better tools. It's not like you're stopping them anyway. You know, and there's tools yeah, to well, strip out each of the instruments so that you can have separate tracks, and they work to varying degrees. I I wouldn't hold my breath, Todd. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. It just it just because it would require a completely rethink of the way that industry works, and they're not used to that. And big industries don't well, just change the way they do things. Without motivation. Well, and com- by motivation, I mean lots com- of money. It's complicated, mostly because you've got contracts with people that, that yeah. uh, they've been negotiated and, and probably can't get enough to ch- people to change right. uh, to allow that to happen, you know? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is, is that, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's ingrained in their industry. Uh, this is how we do this, and this is what we call music, and this is what our product is. And if we were to, you know, to turn that on its ear they would have a very hard time making that change because it's just, it's different. Right. You know, and they would, and the motivation would have to be, we can make lots of money doing this. But by the the flip side <laughs> is, if they had done something like that, if that's historically how they had sold us music, once they went to digital music, if they'd have said, we're just going to sell you a whole bunch of tracks and, you know, they, they play together this way, but you can change that if you want. Um, then when Universal Music, burn down all of those all of those master tracks would be completely available because that's what everybody had we wouldn't have lost all that music well that's true yeah that that would have been a way to uh, assure uh survival of the music right and so for that very reason i think there's value in that you know i mean in fact quite frankly if they started selling music that way I would bet that the music industry could, instead of charging ninety nine cents a song, they could charge two bucks a song. They could double their revenue uh, for and and it w- for for some people. But there's a lot of people who would say, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do that because it's fun to play with that." Especially kids, yeah. you know, they like to dink yeah. around with the music, and that I mean, they sit around playing with music all the time, and that would be fun for them. Um, yep. You know, I remember when I was in uh, you know preteen and high school. Um, you know, music was really yeah. important to me, and the ability to go and just play with it. That would be awesome. Oh, come on. Come on, Todd. You can't remember that far back. Way, way back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'd play with it now. I do. You know, on yeah. the on, I mean, the, the two or three songs that I have the, the tracks for aren't even necessarily yeah. songs that I, you know, like or, or care about that much as an artist. But it's uh, it's fun to go in and just see how they put the song together and listen to it and, you know, say, well, what happens if you take out this track? How, how different is that? You know, rather than layering the voice, what happens if you just do the lead the lead vocal? So it sounds more uh, more raw and and how it would sound live if somebody were singing this, you know, unless they had a chorus of backup singers. Um, in, it's just in it's fact, interesting. When I first, first started reading these articles yesterday about the, uh, the the process over time of adding new music. The, the thought occurred to me, well, maybe in 10 years they'll get to something that an 80-year-old cares about. <laughs> yeah. Because they always focus on the young crowd. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, those that, are the people who buy music yeah, and care intently, music, right? 
So and, and it's That's easier right. to do with the songs that are being recorded now than going back and trying to do it with archival stuff. Oh, so so absolutely. you know that and those absolutely. artists are the ones that are you know recording top forty stuff right now. Right. Yep, I understand that, but you know, to, to somebody, when you get older, you start being aware of the fact. Well, I may see this, or I may never see this. Right. <laughs> you know, in in stuff that matters to me. Right. You know. So I just but, found an article in uh, Mac Rumors, and it says Apple Music yeah. will be gaining support for two formats in June, two new formats, including spatial audio and lossless audio. Okay. They, have, they say that they have received confirmation that the HomePod and HomePod MIDI will support spatial audio, but will not support lossless audio. Ah, uh, okay. I was, I was wondering about that. Right. Be- so. Because, uh, no- number one, you're, you're not going to put that on the cheapest speakers. You know, what's the point? Yeah. You, you could lose it all right there. The whole purpose of the lossless audio and the price that you pay for it in terms of storage bits and, and everything else uh, just demands that you have top end everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They said that they're... They're, they're, so what, that what, the... So what that is, Todd, that's, a, that's an opening for the next uh, uh, sound pod that whatever they want to call it that they're going to introduce sometime before Christmas maybe or something. Yeah, well, they're saying right here that in order to use the high-res lossless, in order to listen to it, it will require external equipment like a digital A to D converter, which they can build into, you know, the next phone, uh, and they can build into the next AirPod, HomePod, whatever. Um, but the current equipment doesn't have that, so the high-res lossless is basically off the table. So then it's just the regular lossless, and. You know, I think that most people, if you listen to one and listen to the other, and even if you switch back and forth, most people are not going to be able to really hear the difference. Some will, and some will say, absolutely, they hear the difference and they care. Most people are going to go, yep. I don't care. doesn't matter. Um, the spatial audio, yep. I think, is going to be the bigger deal for most people. And for those who don't know, their spatial audio is based on Dolby Atmos. It's an immersive three-dimensional audio format that enables musicians to mix music so it sounds like the instruments are all around you in the space. Okay, but yeah. notice they say allows musicians to mix music. Okay, so the 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 engineers and the musicians will be able to do that. Uh, right. And so, like you like we were saying before, if you have music that you really liked and it was something that was recorded back in the fifties and the sixties, they will probably go back and remix it for spatial audio at some point. But that's not going to be day one. Day one's going to be top forty. Right. Yeah, so if you hear something you like, Top 40, and you want to experience that, I'm sure that once they release this, there will be a few few um, songs that will become hits magically in streaming because they're just good examples of it, right? And so everybody yeah. will go listen to it just to hear what it sounds like. That's right, and, and there's always demo songs that are really made especially for that that they're going right. to come out with. Right, uh, and and those will be say, you gotta hear this, right? Yeah, whether or not they're good songs is less relevant than do they show off the technology, right? It's like, hey, look, right. it's it's like going to you know some of those early three D movies. I mean, nowadays a three D movie is is less <laughs> of that thing, but some of those early three D movies. Uh, remember, we went and saw a western called Coming at You, and that was literally <laughs> what it. the movie was. There wasn't much plot; it was just a cheap B movie western. 
But boy, every single thing, that every scene had something that was like poking out at the audience <laughs> the whole way through. That's right. I don't well, know if I told you, but... Of, go ahead. Those kind of things are generally just real crap, you know? They're oh, just yeah. Demos and they're, yeah. You can't even call them a movie, you know? Yeah, no, but there was nostalgia but, for that for me because we went and saw that in the theater. We went and saw That's coming right. at you at the theater. I remember the day we went down. I remember where we were at when we did that. Um, and I... Uh, a few years ago, found a 3D copy of Coming at You on a three a Blu-ray 3D, and uh, or Coming at You. It wasn't Coming at You. It was Coming at You, and I yeah. bought that so that I could uh, just remember it. And and so because I had a I had a 3D TV with that worked with glasses, right? So I bought that movie and I right. sat down and watched it, and it was it was very nostalgic and it was a lot of fun. I watched probably halfway through it before I went. This is so bad, and just decided to quit watching it. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, yeah. But you know, I realized last time I was visiting you, you have a 3D tele- capable television too. So um, I ought I to do. share that uh, that disc with you and send it to you so you can watch it and re- see if you remember the movie too. Because I mean, boy, it was like torches and spears and gun barrels and and women's yeah. women's chests and everything that they could possibly stick into the screen that would be coming at you was coming at you <laughs> that that movie was yeah. just just uh comically bad yeah yeah anyway so so uh there's just new technology that uh for those listen to shows like this that's the that's the perfect thing to talk about because it's uh, brand new uh, like some some exciting ideas, some uh, distinctly uh, uh, achievable things up front uh, for those who care about them, and uh, it'll it'll probably really have a revolutionary effect on the on the uh, music production industry because they yeah. will do different mixes uh, because they just because, because they, they have the ability to do it right. Yeah, and if Apple commands enough listeners to to make it worth their while or put some money behind it and says, we'll pay you to do this because, you know, we've got more money that we, than we know what to do with. Um, then they'll make that happen and it'll, <laughs> and it'll be interesting. And they're going to use that as a differentiator between them and Spotify and other streaming services. And so. Um, sure. And they'll say, uh, you know, if, if I give you this money, uh, the other guys don't get it for some fixed length of time. You know, Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's specific to us for, you know, insert time range here yeah that makes perfect sense you know and if they can get away with so, it they'll so say it's it's unique to us forever oh yeah but that you know that yeah. never happens. yeah the artists the artists <laughs> unless they're just losing their mind won't do that but uh that's right you know their are attorneys <laughs> lawyers will get involved and make sure you don't you know uh, give away the the whole farm well well apple always been cautious about monopolies you know big companies have to always have that in mind because it's they're they're such a target for being in a monopoly mm-hmm. you know yeah and apple's done a pretty good job of kind of staying away from those charges yeah but you can I mean, see this is probably part of their that is the latest piece of their long-term strategy i mean basically when they bought beats and bought streaming and then they came out with speakers and remember, when they first came out with their speakers, their speakers were not very competitive with things like Amazon's, um, you know, Echoes, because the Echoes didn't sound very good. They were mostly just, you know, a smart person in a tube. And Apple's right. speakers were designed to be good quality listening devices 
that also happened to have a smart person in the tube, right? And so there was a lot of criticism going, well, Apple's way too expensive and they're not a very good person in the tube. And well, yeah, but that wasn't their focus. Their little person in the tube is really good at listening to your voice and saying, you want to listen to what? Okay, I can play that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, we're, we're off to the races next month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm guessing that, you know, they, they're talking next month, so there's probably going to be some announcements at WDC, WWDC, which starts the 5th of June, that will um, uh, kind of get the ball rolling on some of the new hardware that's going to support some of these new audio formats. You know, yeah. They'll, they'll announce uh, the hardware there and then tell the developers, here's what you need to do in order to support and take advantage of this. Right. Uh, time to shift gears to another topic now. I think we've kind of covered all the aspects of, uh, of that sure. announcement. Uh, one that caught me off guard, and I don't still really don't understand it, is uh, the relationship between what, they, what Apple calls iCloud documents and data versus iCloud Drive. Now, it just seems to me that uh, they're just adding some features, some things you can do with your data that's that's backed up in by cloud. Of course, they just mean their own storage uh, somewhere uh, right. over what they started with. They've reorganized it so that they can give the user more functionality. Uh, but the article basically says that you've got to do something if you want to. Um, I don't know if, if it's essential or you, but there's no automatic cutover. It's like Apple. Uh, has to be told by your system device that you want to select uh, with, on your Apple ID from each device. Uh, okay, I don't. To, uh, can you share that article? Because you sent me a whole bunch of articles on the AirPod thing. I mean, I have five or six different articles talking about the new music formats and which devices support it and which don't. But I don't have anything from you on on this this topic, so I don't know what it is you're looking at. Oh. I thought I sent that one to you. I'm sorry. If you did, it got buried uh, in amongst the other stuff because I don't see it. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, come down here. Uh, yeah, this is good uh, Good podcasting here while we're looking for files. You do that. I'll talk for a minute. Um, oh, okay. So, um, it should be easy to find yeah, where what was the where was it at? Under Mac well, Daily News, it's yeah, Mac Daily News. But okay, I, I, I'm going down and trying to find you know one that's been selected. Right. I, uh, it should have been obvious, but I missed it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, if you've got it up in front of you, do you, do you have a link to it, or are you just talking from memory because you read it earlier? Uh, I, I, I was wondering, I can, oh, I can search for it on here. What, what I do is I also save to photos. That's quicker. Oh, when I just want to find like a something. screenshot of something, huh? Except that you right. can't really and search just, screenshots. That's true. You can't unless you change, give them a title. But anyway, the t article says how to, well, let's see if I get back to the original one. Apple to migrate legacy iCloud documents and data to iCloud Drive. Okay, that's the. It was out on May the eleventh, so the date's probably the easiest to find it. So, uh, 
Okay. Let me go back. MDN. Yeah. The um, the uh, original version of um, uh, where they stored iCloud, so a lot of Apple apps stored into uh, iCloud. And when they created iCloud Drive, where we could put like pretty much anything, any of our files, uh, those original files were still sort of stored in their own separate space. And so now they're just talking about integrating that. I understand what that is. So even though we call it anyway. iCloud, from their perspective, it's been two separate things. Because uh, the, yeah. the, the legacy things, the apps that were originally available through for, for iCloud were just Apple's things. But when they kind of opened it up, they created this other thing that they're calling iCloud you know but again to the to the end user it's always been sort of integrated now there's they're saying they're going to kind of integrate it on the back end so that uh, we all have uh, or for for better management probably in the long run right it's like one thing as right opposed to two so it makes sense for them to do uh, that um, I ideally for us as end users this will be a completely in the background thing that we don't see or notice or have any change for right well except the article says how to set up iCloud Drive on Mac OS on iPad OS on iCloud.com and so forth so uh, I, that's what what I didn't quite understand okay is, so is how is in your preferences so yeah so right now like on your Mac you can have your desktop files and your documents file automatically synced to iCloud so if you've paid for enough storage to do that all of your files are backed up into iCloud. And then you go to any other device, you can go to iCloud.com and you can grab those files and put them down onto your onto that device if you want. Or you can sync multiple devices. So like on my uh, iPad or on my phone, I can go to the Files app and I can look at the desktop files and document files from any of my devices. So that whole thing of like, oops, the file that I was working on is on my laptop or is on my desktop computer at home doesn't happen to me anymore because I can call it up and get it anytime because everything right. is synced back and forth through the cloud. Yeah. The difference really is, is that like with files, you can organize it. That's what, that's what you get. Before right. you, you really didn't have much capability. Right. Well, it used to used to when when they at least when they initially talked about iCloud, it was a storage place for pages, numbers, Keynote, and that was kind of it. Right. And right. now it really functions more like a a um, uh, sort of a a synchronization of data files amongst your different devices and operating systems. Yeah. Now the other benefit is Windows people who have the uh, Files app over there. I didn't realize they did. I think it's I, just I basically there. iTunes. Isn't it built uh, into iTunes for them? Uh, I, well, it says PCs with iClouds for Windows 7 and later on iCloud.com. Oh, well, then you just go to oh. iCloud.com. You can do that from any browser. That's that's true. Yeah, that's probably what they right. can do and, and access stuff then. Right. There must be a login there somehow uh -huh. to get to the device. So... Anyway, it's it's a cloud's more flexible cloud, like like or just a regular storage device. Right, is what you're sharing. Yep. Yeah. Instead of your apps, because you remember initially all of your uh, well, in fact, on iOS it still works that way, where you don't really see your files as much as uh, you know within your within every app it has a call up files you were working on last time kind of thing. 
you know, whether it be a word processor or, or a photo app or whatever. And it stores everything yeah. within its own little space on, on your device, and that then gets synced to iCloud. But you can now go into the Files app on iCloud and get to all of that stuff and see it. And, and I mean, I suppose you could also mess things up by, by deleting it out of a folder, and then you go back to your app, and it says, where is it? And it's going to go, it's not there, you know, because you deleted it somewhere else. You can create a problem for yourself if you do too much of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I wanted to thoroughly understand it before I started messing with it because I said, yeah. I, I don't quite know for sure what they're asking me to do and why they, they want me involved. Right, and I don't you think know? you actually have to be involved. You don't have to. This is an option. You're not required yeah. to do anything. You can just keep on using everything like you're using it, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I would think that's the way they do it, but yeah. anyway, it's... Yeah, it, yeah. It this how to set up iCloud Drive is basically, you know, if you want to do that, you can, but you don't have to. Yeah. So, so but I have anyway, mine set up that way. I have I have everything, like I said, all you know, I have a laptop and a desktop Mac, an iPad and a phone, and I've got them all syncing to iCloud so that I can then, from any of those devices, get files that were created on any of those devices or downloaded from any of those devices. Because very often I will go grab a file while I'm on my phone and save it into a downloads folder, and then I can go pick it up on the laptop or on the on the desktop later. Well, I've loved that fact that I, I use the Files app oftentimes to go get something off the computer because I'm working on the iPad typically. Right. You know, and so that's that's where the way I've been using it. Uh, the other, uh, well, have we kind of exhausted that one? Um, kind of. Uh, there's another announcement yesterday regarding a magic keyboard with Touch ID. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, the topic is it's compatible with MacBook's Touch ID sensor. Okay. Yeah. From what I had read previously is these the the newly um uh announced and I guess they started shipping just yesterday the um iMacs with and and those then also had the uh the the wireless keyboards with touch ID is that those yeah. are compatible with any Mac that has an M1 in it. So if you have the Mac Mini that has the M1 or if you have either of the two laptop or desktops that they're sorry laptops that they have out the Air or the 13-inch Pro with the M1 that you can use that uh, keyboard and yeah, for those I, you know there's a lot of people who use their laptop sort of docked as their desktop machine as well I shouldn't say a lot but some people yeah and so you don't want to use you know it's it's folded up and sitting basically next to your computer so this way you can still have a desktop keyboard that will support touch ID yeah, well, this I don't. It doesn't have a price as mentioned in this uh, thing, but I, I could go check it out. It was like eighty but bucks I, for one of them. There was a couple different versions. <laughs> but uh, it, it's going to impact me if I decide to upgrade to the uh, to the Mac Mini, the mm-hmm. new M1 right. version, because I only have a Logitech keyboard, and if I I don't, you know, that Touch ID is a nice thing to use Apple Pay, and I, I like to yep. use that online. Yeah. You know? Although if you use Apple Pay online and you've got your phone or your or your watch on, then you just confirm from there. So I don't know that it's buying no, you that it, much. Yeah, it's not a must-have, but it's yeah. And if you have your watch on and you have your computer set up properly, uh, it'll automatically unlock with your watch as well. Right. right. So you kind of go well. 
<laughs> you know, is it worth 80 bucks for the touch? I I... To do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many different ways do I have to unlock? Yeah. I, in my case, I have a keyboard. It's actually Apple's extended keyboard with the number key uh, keys off to one end and the full size arrow keys. And yeah. it um, is actually a corded version of it. So it's plugged in. But it was one that was resold by a company that went and replaced all the keycaps with colored and coded keycaps specifically for using with Logic Pro, which is the Pro app that I use, the recording app. And so it has all the shortcuts on the key color-coded by, by uh, group and with little identifiers on there saying, you know, um, how to launch the quantizer and, and the mixer and how to zoom in on a selection wow. and, and how to, uh, you know, split a track. And so, uh, especially as you're learning something that's a very complex piece of software, having um, color-coded and, and marked keys is handy. So it's an Apple keyboard, but it's, it's been modified to make using that particular app a little easier. Yeah. All, all the reasons why a, a screen keyboard sometimes are, is, a, is a good choice, because you could do that, you know. Right, except that I don't like the typing feel of that, right? you know, at my desktop. I mean, I don't mind it on the iPad, and I use it when I can. But to be honest, I very often do typing. I have my iPad in a keyboard case, and I often use the keyboard there if I'm going to do much more than just a little bit of typing. You know, to me, that's why uh, when I they put that one row across the top of like a, like a little touch buttons, you know, that select. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, pros, yeah, the um, macros. Uh, Right, Book yeah, pros. the Mac Pros have the, um, what do they call that? Because it's, it's not strip, been something really. that's, yeah, but, but it's, it's not been really heavily um, uh, applauded well, re- by most people. But, but it, yeah, it's, it's very application depend, be, dependent, but for those people who learn to use it, I read a re- kind of re- review by a, a guy who had customized his, and man, he really had his productivity down and said, here's what he did and why he did it. And how well that works, and so uh, I, I think it's a good idea generally because it, it, it expands c- capabilities to do things for particular people, you know, yeah. customize. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, uh, I think that uh, it's called the touch bar, and That's it. Uh, yeah, and for those who 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 use it, and you can customize it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of people who, though, and in fact, evidenced by the fact that Apple has almost always sold a version of the device without that as well. There's just a lot of people who went, I'm not spending the extra money for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. now, if you throw that in when I upgrade to a faster processor or the most amount of memory or whatever, then OK, fine. Um, but, uh, you know, and I think it's like you said, it's one of those things where if you set it up right and there's certain apps that you use regularly and you can put certain functions on there or or shortcuts on there that will automate tasks for you, then absolutely, it's a, it's probably wonderful. Well, I was thinking that when they came out with that, first time came out, that probably what would happen would be uh, software vendors would say, uh, how can I effectively help somebody use my application by, right. by having various options for uh, the mm-hmm. uh, bar yeah, well, uh, and, and the functions can change depending on what's active within your app, right? So right, you you, you could make one key just toggle through diff- 
two or three different bars if you right. wanted to, depending on where you yeah. are in their program. Right. Or and, automatic, automatically change based on right. where you are in the program because it can be controlled programmatically. Um, right. and, and I understand, and I, I, granted, I don't have one of the devices that has the touch bar, but as I understand it, apps like uh, Photoshop and, uh, and some of the uh, pro apps from Apple um, Logic Pro and, and, and such, that these more complex apps actually have taken advantage of that. But the number of apps that have taken advantage of the touch bar has been somewhat limited. Yeah. But, you know, there's certain See, things that that makes a lot of sense for. I mean, it just yeah, does. Absolutely. For, for creative people, especially. Yeah. You know, because uh, a lot of people, in fact, jump to iPads and stuff mostly because you, you're allowed or. Or you, it's 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 a given that if you have a iPad app these days, that you kind of have your yeah. own set of keys that change. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, let, let's just say an artist. I was looking at one this morning. Uh, it was called um, uh, Pro 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 View or something like that. That's not quite right. Let me. Yeah. Pro, well, Pro along View, those lines. Oh, go ahead. It's, pro, it's it's procreate and it's for artists. Right. And, yeah. And it's, it's very popular. Tools. I I have had it for quite a while. And and it's got tools all over it. See, and therefore you could never do that with something that doesn't have a touch pad uh, that that has the right set of stuff in front of you when you're when you're working as an artist. Right. But but I I was listening to a number of their tutorials and the guy really was good about showing how it's organized. The tools are set up. Uh, for for every type of thing that you would need to, as an artist to uh, to create uh, things, so uh, I was extremely impressed with the, the set of tutorials that go with that program, as well as the fact that it's just not doable anywhere except on something like a tablet. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, so well, there. Uh, but I I suspect though that if you have the primary use is a computer, so that's why you have the keyboard. But that there's got to be, for for your functions, enough uses for that uh, toolbar. Right. That you could program it as well. Well, there are you know, apps. There are apps that take advantage of the toolbar, and again, like I said, they're very often the pro apps that are very complex. And so, to make it simpler, they they give you you know direct access to some features through the toolbar. Something else that's been around for a while is that people who have a desktop machine at home or a laptop machine at home uh, and an iPad, uh, you can use your iPad as a uh, additional input. input device for the Mac app. And right. uh, Adobe has done that a lot with their Premiere and with Photoshop. Is They've got an app that you download from the App Store on your iPad, and the app doesn't do anything by itself, but what it does is it connects to your uh, to your Mac running the desktop version of the software and gives you a bunch of additional um, uh, menus and direct access and touch surfaces to allow you to do stuff that is better touch-oriented. To be honest, when you're a pro and you're doing this stuff, I think it probably makes sense to have all of it. You know? <laughs> it's like, you're right. You're some, right. I, at at any given time, thing. yeah, at any given time, you know, whichever device is the one that does what you need to do to get the job done as well and as fast as possible uh, is the one you're going to use because, you know, you're getting paid to do it. And so the quicker you can finish it and move on to something else, uh, the more money you can make, right? And so right. if there's a faster right. and better way to do something, um, that's 
that's golden. You know, every so, pro so, will say, "Yep, sign yeah, me up." Yeah. So, so, so it's a it's a it's a computer device that lets you use anything from pencils to uh, smear with your finger to keys when they make sense uh, for the normal text uh, entries and right. uh, all all the above. Right, you got them all. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, honestly, there's a lot of people who would say that the iPad could probably do most of that, but it doesn't always have a keyboard attached to it, so you could do that that way. And there's times when you want something that's a big screen, you know, and there's people working with, you know, 30-inch and 40-inch screens because they want it big in front of their face while they're working on it. And so, yeah, um, you know, that makes sense, too. Yeah, yeah. Big, big touch screens, though, uh, well, I don't. They're I, problematic. I really yeah, I mean, what, you know, whether you want to touch those or not, you smear smear up the, the viewing surface. I've I've always been torn between whether you really want to draw on the same surface that you're looking at your your output on, is whether that's a desirable thing. Yeah, and I think there's a mix. You know, there's a lot of artists who use those Wacom tablets where you don't see what you're drawing on. And you right. just have the touch surface, but Wacom has for years also made one that had a screen underneath, and then obviously I, you know, tablets have come around where there where you can see what you're drawing on, um, and I think you know again it's like use the best tool that's available to you for the job you're doing at any given point in time, and so yeah. uh, you know. Well, there's been a need for all of them, or they wouldn't have sold them, right? Exactly, and and <laughs> you know, and I think that there are, you know, obviously there's, I'm sure they've sold some to people who said this looks great, and then they go to do it and they go, ah, it doesn't fit my needs right, you know. And of course, right. they won't say it that way. They'll come out and say, well, this was a stupid idea; it doesn't work. And it's like, well, it didn't work in your use case, you know. Yep. It yep. doesn't necessarily mean the next guy won't say, hey, this is perfect for what I needed, you know. It's like if somebody hands you a screwdriver and you're trying to drive a nail, you're going, well, this thing's useless. It doesn't do any good at all, you know. But Absolutely. for the guy who's trying to drive a screw, that's the perfect tool, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, all a matter of, of perspective. So um, I shared an article, um, and you can check the uh, our, our text back and forth. I shared an article about Apple's M1 is a fast CPU, but M1 Max feel even faster due to QoS, quality of service. And I thought it was very interesting because basically what it was is yeah. a step-by-step a -step walkthrough of what makes it seem like the, the computer is so snappy. And, yep. and what they showed was that if you do some careful work between the operating system and the hardware, you can make things, you know, things appear on the screen and everything that a user interfaces with is a very high priority because that makes the this the machine seem super super fast even if in the background it isn't necessarily any faster than other computers but computers are so fast that a lot of that stuff you can push to the background and it happens fast enough but what's important is that the user's not waiting for it that it's happening right away and uh and they went into some really deep dives in terms of of uh you know, in operating system designs, there's a, you know, a scheduler that handles the input and the output, right? And that there was a couple different types of schedulers used with Linux and, and different priorities put on them and how they decided and settled on what, um, what worked best and how Apple took that work and adapted it to their operating systems, essentially saying, what we want is the end user to feel like everything is always right there and ready for them and done. That they're not waiting on the computer for anything, and uh, you know, I think that that's um, 
you know, in essence, it seems obvious, but ironically, yeah. it has not always been obvious when it comes to, uh, you know, software design. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I thought that was an excellent article because uh, it just depends what your goals are. I, I The only th comment that I would have made is that uh, so there, there might be different times when you would you you would want to uh, be able to shift the priorities of how the processors are used mm -hmm. but you know let the user have some input and say on this yeah uh, uh, because depending on what you're doing uh, if, if you're just turning on some applications that are going to run overnight and you're not interacting with it for hours let's mm -hmm. put all that stuff to use and do and doing work they yeah, didn't yeah. Talk, they didn't talk about any controllability of, uh, of uh, tasks. Uh, right. Task yeah. Prioritization. I guess they're basically letting the operating system make those decisions. It's interesting you bring that up because um, they used to sell a server component, so you could basically turn your your computer into an Apple server. And in right. addition to uh, in the server, now most of what was in the server is now just built into the OS. But in addition to things like having a web browser and a, and a mail server and things like that that you could run, air quotes, as a server, uh, one of the things that it did was it reprioritized your computer. And it, it put more of a prior priority on the background services because it was acting as a server when you were running the server software. And that made yeah. perfect sense. Um, and my guess is... And I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is that if you look at the developer software, like if you were if you were creating an app, that you can go in and and have some control over how you prioritize things. So, and and it probably has a lot to do with with your choice as to whether or not you're compiling something as a to run as a, a background service versus whether you want it to run as a foreground app, right? Right. If it's, right. If it's, if it's got a user interface and it's interacting with the user, then they probably will prioritize that in order to make sure that the app looks like it's running as fast as it can. Um, and then if, it, if, it's, if you decide to create something that is a service running on a computer, that it will probably run faster than, than the same code would run if you put a, a user interface on it because then they would prioritize the user interface. But I would guess there's probably some develop, developers' notes and some information on about how you as a developer can manage that a little bit. But I bet it's a little bit. I bet Apple wants to still have most of the control there. You know, yeah. Because that also ties into how much battery you use. That's right. And yeah. because of that, they're going to manage that. They're going to be ultimate, the ultimate manager of that, right? And say, yeah, we're not going to let you just spin in the background and chew up battery power on our laptops or our iPads or our iPhones uh, just because you want to pick but, up some speed. But, but you did notice that they reserved the high-performance high cores for that user interactivity. Yeah. While they're there, you want that sucker to go blot out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you're displaying something to or getting information from a user, that should be snappy. That should not be... There should be no waiting for the user, right? Yeah, and and basically, you know, that's the salespeople getting their digs in as to uh, what what uh, makes a difference in in a, to the buyer. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, when you set one computer in front of a person and another, you know, put two computers in front of one person and say, you know, click on go, 
and watch how long it takes for the app to launch. That impacts right. people because that's what they perceive as as how fast it is. And and so if you can draw the screen and have your app ready to go immediately, you know. I remember when they first came out with the M1 Max, there was a video of a guy who had like 30 apps in his taskbar, his dock at the bottom. And he started on one side and just click, launch, click, launch, click, <laughs> launch, click, launch. And he went all the way across and launched every single app. Right. And and every app would bounce up once and be open, bounce up once and be open, bounce up once and be And by the time he got done clicking on them all, they were all open. There was no waiting. Yep. He wasn't waiting for anything to be ready to run. Everything was actually already open and ready to go. Yep. You know? And, and so, again, that's perception, right? I'm, I'm, sure the, I'm sure the Apple marketing people were just grinning from ear to ear going, yeah, baby. And the engineers, too, because they set it up to, to be able to do that, right? Prioritize that yeah. input. You know, when I was reading that, I was thinking to myself, now, there's a, there's a lot of people who will read this just the opposite of that. They'll say, oh, that sucker really isn't faster. They just want you to think it's faster. <laughs> right. But what is yeah. faster? If it's faster because you as the user don't have right. to wait on it ever, you know, right. is that is that a right. bad thing? You know, even if under no. underneath, if the code just, you know, counts to uh, a trillion by twos, you know, yeah, it might not be any faster than any other computer, but if you launch it and and hit and can hit go and get started quicker, it's faster. That's right. The That's experience exactly is faster. Experience is faster. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but it so, does uh, it does tell you that the processors, while very fast, aren't necessarily always faster. And that was one of the things that I think Intel. Right. You know, tried to point out fairly quickly was, hey, look, some of these M1s aren't any faster than than some existing Intel computers. Uh, that, that, in terms of that didn't, that, that didn't tell the story like this did. Exactly. You know? Yeah, they were just trying to say, hey, look, we're just as fast if you look at these specific mark markers. <laughs> but but to the end user sitting down, it's like, yeah, but on that on 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 a Intel based computer. I click launch and then I'm drumming my fingers for five seconds while I wait for the app to start up. And then I click on the thing that, that says go, you know, and on the Mac, I click on launch, go and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they got started quicker, even though they're not any faster at actually doing the processing. And that's important. It really is. And it's interesting to yes. see that they're paying attention to that, you know, in terms of, you know, I mean, it certainly helped make the big splash, right? About, wow, these things are quick. Because that was the reaction of everybody when they first saw them. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I'm I'm really grateful for the author here, um, uh, Jim Salter on Ars Technica, for breaking it down. And it kind of really, I mean, it's... Oh, it's, he did a good job. It's, it's technical yeah. in some areas, but it's very readable to explain what's going on and what, what we're really perceiving and what that means you know, to the actual right. speed and use of a computer. And, uh, yeah. and you know, and there's pros and cons of it. Like you said, it would be nice for some professional users to go in and say, you know, de-emphasize the user interface for this. Let's put all of our cores to doing something that, you know, is, is processing because the, this particular action on this computer, I need it to really process as fast as it can. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm sure, like I said, some of that is probably in the hands of the developer of each of the apps. Um, well, in fact, in fact, historically, uh, computers haven't uh, required 
a, a lot of interface until we became personal computers. You know, the whole notion of personal yeah. computers inter introduced this business of, hey, I want it to react to me. Right. But yeah, exactly. That, Early computers didn't even have screens. Yeah, you you, did, you just submitted a job, get it done, you know, and then, yeah. therefore it's a whole wholly different thing. Uh, yeah, so. Pro process these computations that would take a an office full of people with adding machines uh, twelve months to do, and I'll be back, you know, after lunch for the answer. That's how it was done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, weeks and weeks worth of calculating was was compressed into much much less time. But uh, but yeah, there was there was no the interface. The interface was the person who took your stack of cards. <laughs> His yeah, name was Fred. Yeah. Fred was your interface. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'd like to bring up one other thing. Not that I take any pride in it. It's just worrisome as hell. And that's the one I sent you on Tim Cook's Built in China article. Oh, uh, I actually sent that to you, I think. Oh, okay. I, you're right. Mac Daily News. Yeah, and I agree, you're, though. You're, I agree, regardless who sent it. The whole conversation is very disconcerting. Um, you know, and, and you know, I mean, I get that they are deeply entwined into China and reliant on China for, the, for, the, for their products for both as a sales market and as a place where all their stuff is made. But... Well, um, there, there are some very good technical reasons. Apple wouldn't be where they are today if they were in another country. They just couldn't be because they needed lots of hands to do things that were not easily uh, automated. And it's not like a rebuilt, you know, assembling a car. Uh, there's yeah. a thousands of people. Yeah. involved with Apple products. Sure. And well, and there's, it there's also no. required a society where they where the society had invested in educating people to a specific level where they could do the work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not just people, but it's people at a specific education level and willing to work. Yes. But however, uh, we're getting to a point in time where uh, there's there's really uh, Stronger and stronger opposition from uh, between countries. They're competing, right? And, and the possibility of having the enemy have a capability uh, that we don't have and we don't control is is very disturbing. And it right. really came up in the in the health crisis uh, when we realized that we, at least initially, didn't have a lot right. of these supplies and whatever yeah it's like guess where all all of your vaccines are generally made hey they're made in china guess what we could, yeah. we don't even have face masks because where are they all made china yeah and you go hmm, so maybe we need to think this over a little bit yeah so uh i think we're at a at a turning point that could really uh put apple in a real bind and yeah. uh and and a lot of us uh that might want these next devices might suddenly find ourselves not able to get them. Oh yeah, and and for an extended length, if ever. Yeah. Know? Well, and that you know, and you couple all of that that uh, that concern with the already constrained chip availability because of you know a a you know factory fire, and so you know the availability of a lot of things is uh, that use computer chips, which. 
these days has gotten to be more and more things is going to continue to be a problem, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Even if things were going perfectly smoothly in China, we're going to have constrained uh, uh, access to computer chips. And that's going to impact us over the next few years. This is one of those articles that has that uh, some of the best reading on it is in the comments section. I agree. Because it reflects a lot of things that uh, people looking at it from different perspectives about what mm-hmm. this could mean. Yeah, uh, I, I and, like Mac Daily News because they very often have sort of an editorial take after the story. And yeah. and that's usually a very insightful. But it's also really interesting to hear when you, when you start looking at the comments that people make. And where they sometimes agree with Mac Daly. Sometimes they point out things that the editors didn't didn't think about or had at least not spoken about. Right. If they thought about it, right. they didn't share it with us. And uh, and I, I totally agree with this because there's some real concerns. I mean, like one thing that came out of this that I didn't realize till I was reading this article, I mean, things as petty as, you know, on Apple, on all Apple products, it says uh, designed by Apple made in, in California, made in China. And apparently... Right. A lot of the products that are sold in China, they Apple has removed the designed by Apple in California. It just says designed by Apple, made in China. And that's because the Chinese want their citizens to believe that they're... Everything's making, happening in China. the whole thing. Right. Yep. Yeah, they don't want designed and, by Apple in California on their products because... And, and so, so Apple basically went, okay. That controls the entire thought process of their citizens. Right, and and Apple's co- and Apple's cooperating in that because they don't have a choice. Right, they don't yeah. have a choice. Yep. So that's yeah. Uh, right now they they don't have any alternatives, and I know that they're working to develop some alternative. I mean, they I think they as much as anybody else saw how tenuous the situation is when we've got too much uh, too much reliance on China for everything. And so, you know, Apple had already, because India required it, started doing some development in India or some production in India. Um, and I know they've got some factories that are in the process of being built here, but they're a couple years from being online. Um, and so, you know, they're working on it, but they can't, like, they can't just say we're out. And quite frankly, I don't know that, that Apple and Tim Cook could could say we're going to walk out of China completely unless they they really have to. Because it's, you know, they have a fiduciary responsibility to try to make money for their stockholders and to say we're going to walk away from, you know, a billion person market is, is a difficult Absolutely. thing to do. You know, he, w- he could very easily lose his job and the board would force him out if he, you know, damaged their income revenue stream by saying we're not going to work in China. Now, you may not want to set fact- yourself up to be reliant on China, but you certainly can't. Just say that's a marketplace we'll walk away from. Yeah, the, the other thing that's good about Mac Daily News is at the end of their article, it said this is all about leadership or lack thereof. And then they show the other articles that they have been posting in recent yeah. days, you know, as far back to just January of, of incidents related to this yeah. particular article. Yeah, well, even January of 2017, Apple removes New York Times app from the App Store in China at behest of Chinese government. The Chinese government right. has has systematically re- had Apple remove, you know, any news sources that they don't completely control from the App Store, so that you know they're, they they only they control all the news that their citizen get citizens get. They don't want anything there, uh, you know, on Apple uh, devices in China. 
you know, if you look at the emojis, there is no flag, Taiwanese flag, because China didn't want it. Um, you know, Apple Music censors right. songs in China. There's There's been artists, musicians, who have recorded songs talking about the, the uh, democracy march and massacre of people in Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen. And, yep. you know, Apple has removed all, all of the songs that, that make those references because the Chinese government has said they have to. And they've largely said, you know, hey, we abide by the rules of the country that we're in. You know, and, and yep. it's like, OK, that's fine. I agree that you, you want to abide by the rules. But at some point, you also don't want to um, to help the, the people who are running a country that is oppressing their citizenry in doing that. And so Apple has to, you know, make some moral decisions about what they want to do. I'll tell you one company I've never been particularly fond of in terms of the way they go about running their business is Google. But you got to hand it to Google. Google when they were they when they out. when they were in China and yeah. China started saying, "Well, you have to block this and you can't let this through." Uh, Google said, "Well, we're not doing that." So I guess we just won't do business in China and they walked away. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but but as a the, the the real clinker though is uh, when you go down and read the comments about how two faced Tim Cook has been. Oh yeah, he talks about pri- privacy. I mean, one of the very first things is he advertises security and privacy, human rights slash equality, and environmental preservation. Yeah. And yet, when it comes down to it, in terms of China, China's on the security and privacy basically has systematic awareness and scoring for good citizenship, you know? In right. other words, that's, Yeah, if that's you don't behave do as a good citizen in China, if they if if you if you yeah. get like too many tickets for crossing the street in the wrong way or posting something on a social media account that is considered um, uh, inappropriate, then they, they you will be sent to a re-education camp or you will not be allowed yeah. to travel. Uh, and and you may and, and when we say travel, I mean travel from one town to the next. So you may not even be able to keep your job because you you are you're, you've given that privilege has been taken away from you, you know. And yeah, so well, that's what we talk yeah. about citizens citizenship scoring that they that happens in China. Yeah. So so basically that that well the, the next one. Let me read one more. Human rights slash equality, and then the guy says, "Ask the Muslims in West China." Yeah. How how you many know? Uyghurs who are Muslim so, people in China are living free and happy in China right now? Right. So and, and, and environmental, you know, global, global the biggest coal burner in the yeah. world, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, so in fact, it was you know, it was so bad that when they hosted the Olympics for a month before the Olympics, they basically had to shut down. Uh, a whole bunch of industries, industries yeah. in order to make the air breathable so that you could then have an Olympics so, when they hosted the Olympics so in that, Beijing. So so what I'm pointing out, that this article has really exposed uh, the hypocrisy is the only good word you can come up with uh, yeah. regarding Tim, Tim Cook's behavior and his bold statements about how good Apple is for the world, you know. And right. yet it's just it's very two-faced. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Apple as a company is trying to do things, but they're certainly doing business with one of the worst offenders in each of those three areas. Yes, uh, yeah. and, and that's that's uh, that's the thing that's really bothersome. You, yeah, you, you can't uh, you, you can't trust somebody who who says one thing and does another. Yeah, it's well, and I know at one time he he had um, made a statement too that you know he the when asked why they hadn't pulled out like Google did. 
he had said that Apple would rather work for change from within than than be on the outside where nobody sees and hears them. And yeah, well, I would say losing. Well, yeah, my question or my my, my question back to him is: See, where's the evidence that you're working for change from within? Because it looks to me like you're just uh, bowing down and complying to everything. Like no questions yeah. asked. If they ask you to do this, then you do it. And and so to me, then you're you're not. If you're doing that, fine. Then own up to it. But don't then come back and preach to us that you know we're, that that it's that uh, that the environment is important to us while doing business with the largest polluter in the world. You know, don't say that security and privacy is important when you've abdicated the running of all the data in this in, through your system in that country to the government so that they can now track people and use that as one more bit of data for their citizenship scoring. Um, you know, and when it comes to the human rights and equity, if that's something that's important to you, um, you know, don't talk to us and preach to us about how that's important to you when you're dealing with a company that is, you know, putting millions of people under surveillance and yeah. sending them to re-education camps because of their faith. Um, my 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 thought about this yeah. is all of the things brought up in this article have got to be front, front and center for the board uh, at, of Apple. You know, yeah. the. Uh, the uh, guys that, that Tim Cook's boss, if you will. Yeah. And I, I, I think that this is coming to a point where Tim Cook probably won't be working there next year. That's my yeah. conclusion. I don't think it's getting to that point, but I don't see him being there. You know, well, like he even said, he doesn't see himself there in 10 years. So um, I, I don't think it'll take 10 years. I think it'll be in the next, within the next five. They'll, they'll make it a smooth transition. It, it's not going to be like a, uh, you know, sudden announcement that scares anybody. What it'll be is they'll announce somebody else is getting promoted to a more hands-on position. You know, that kind of thing where they'll sort of start easing somebody other other people into positions. The problem is, is that I don't think this is solely Tim Cook. I think it's a situation or a position that Apple has found themselves in based on decisions that they have made previously that were expedient and cheap for them to to be very successful and make lots of money. And so now they're in a in a in a financial situation and a financial relationship with China that um, I suspect internally. And again, they're not going to talk about this, but internally they've got to have plans for, hey, we need to figure out how to extricate ourselves from this. But just like they got into it, it's going to take years for them to get out of it. It's going to take time for them yeah. to figure out how to, you know, well, well, you know, like I said, plants. They're they're building some plants in Arizona and in Texas, along with some some, some companies that they do business with. So we say they're building, they're funding, you know, Taiwan Semiconductor building a semiconductor factory in Arizona. So it'll be on right. American soil, um, and they'll continue to work with Taiwan Semiconductor. But they're letting, you know, they sublet a lot of that work to other companies, um, and. But those factories, you know, if you say I'm building a factory today, it may be five years before, you know, that factory is really working and producing at sufficient level that they can, you know, have any impact yeah. on the on the industry. Um, I think people forget how big Apple is. They sell billions of phones. And when you sell well, billions of anything, um, you know, that means you have to make billions times however many parts there are inside of that thing. Um so you know, at that scale, that, it doesn't happen overnight. But, but let, let me tell you, from a political standpoint, what I see as very evident, mm -hmm. and that is, is this is why uh, Apple and others had to get rid of, of Trump. It had 
I mean, there's a lot of people who don't like him because, you know, his childish kind of behaviors and that, and I, mm-hmm. and I agree with him. But when it came, came to him getting things done, he was pushing the schedule to a point where they couldn't handle it. Right. He would, he, he told them to get the hell out of there. Right. You know? Yeah, but and the thing is, is you know, they're looking at it going like, okay, you're going to basically destroy our ability to produce our products in China before we have any alternatives. Exactly. And that put, on a bunch of toads. And that he put did. them between a rock and a hard place. And so, yeah. And, and, you know, these companies fund lots and lots of different politicians, but you're right. I think that, that um, uh, especially, the, the certainly Tim Cook is, you know, very liberal in his in his beliefs. And so... Um, but I think just yeah. pragmatically, any any leader of a company who who primarily relied on China for their production, regardless of whether it was technical or dog food, um, had to look at that and say, we don't disagree. The the new the leadership that's been in place in China since 2012 has gotten uh, continually yeah. more and more oppressive and and difficult to work with. But you can't turn on a dime. You know, ocean liners don't right. turn around, it, you know, on a dime. And we've got a lot of momentum yeah. going this way. And so we're going to work real hard to set something else up. But, uh, but it ain't going to be Trump, ready for a while. But but Trump told him from the day they walked into the office is that you got to get the production out of there. Right. I mean, that was an early on. Very oh, early. Yeah. 2016. 2017, yeah. I guess it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, he was reading the tea leaves, I think, very accurately when it comes to what's been going on in China. Again, like the, the current leadership in China took over in 2012. And um, historically, most uh, most of the time, I think that there had been a rule like the Chinese leader could serve 10 years. Well, yeah. remember, uh, the, the, the current Chinese leader passed a law saying he didn't have to do that. So he's going to stay there till he dies. Sure. Um, right. And, you know, he's doing what Putin did. I don't like the way that, the laws well, work, so I'll change the laws. That, that's yeah. that's the way these always work, right? That's, that's, well, no and, and especially especially when they bring in a leadership, you know, in, in, within the Chinese Party, when they brought in a guy who was younger. I mean, they had you know historically it was like next man up would rule China, and they were some old men, right? Right. They brought a right. guy in who's in his fifties. He's like, well, I don't want to retire in ten years. Heck no, I'm just getting right. started. And that's pretty much where he's yeah. at. You know, I mean, it was probably pretty yeah. predictable when they put a younger guy in charge that he was going to go. I'm not stepping down when I when I'm mid sixties. I got another couple decades in me, baby. And yeah. uh, and he's been, you know, just shockingly repressive um, and and closed doored within their country. Um, yeah. But I guess you know, if you're a China watcher, it's not nothing new. You know, this is the country yeah. that that. Uh, you know, but in order, in, in order to push the party policy, killed millions of people in a famine, right? So, yeah. But you see, I see that's that's also exactly why uh, things are falling apart from the political side in the United States right now. We're, we're in a period of tremendous weakness, and it's just everything was done just because I got I I politically stand on the other side of the fence, so we're just going to go anti-Trump everywhere. And that's been so foolish. I mean, it's just crazy, especially this recent deal where now uh, Israel's at basically in a position of being starting World War Three. Oh, well, they're in a know, war right now. I mean, they're you know, it's been well, going on no for a couple question. weeks, been going on yeah, for a couple but, weeks, you know. Yep. Yeah, I know. That's and scary. Escalating. But just, uh, uh, 
So tech-wise, I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover tech-wise. So. Haven't we? I think so. Yeah, and we're yep. we're not quite at an hour and a half, but we've had a good long talk today. So why don't we wrap it up and say thank you for listening. Um, we will be back next week, probably back on Monday next week. This week we, we pushed it to Tuesday because uh, I had been traveling and then was busy with some stuff, so I just needed some time yesterday. So thank you, Dad, for, for agreeing to back us up a day. And uh, we appreciate you all listening. If you enjoy what you're listening to and haven't done it yet, please subscribe so that we can uh, see that you're you're uh, you're regularly downloading the podcast and listening. We appreciate that uh, immensely. Uh, And we will look forward to a good week and we'll see everybody next week as we creep ever closer to WDC. WWDC's a couple weeks away. All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye, Dad. Bye, Todd.